0: Welcome to Blind Man and the Elephant. These are your hosts, Neeraj and Osho.
1: This is a podcast where two friends discuss a whole host of ideas that range from across the spectrum, from economics to culture, politics to sport. And we hope to bring our fresh perspective to things that are happening around us.
0: We live in times where there is an information overload. So this is our attempt to make some sense of the noise.
1: You can listen to us on all major podcast streaming apps including Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and Anchor as well as, of course, YouTube. You can check out all our links in the description along with this episode.
0: Welcome to today's episode, The Modern Musketeer.
1: Hi, everyone. We're talking about Neeraj's favorite topic today rich people
0: <laughs> dude where is this coming from like i i, I know i won't i won't deny that uh, i've i've harbored many a rich person dream and uh, i i do like the idea of having money and like financial freedom but why is this my favorite topic because
1: you have a real fascination for people who succeed in the world of business and money and
0: capital that's not true i, I also have a fascination for like other things, dude, and like you've blindsided me so much at the beginning of this episode. Which, by the way, I thought was going to be a nice, smooth one like our norm- ones normally are in this car of ours, but like I'm already stuttering, man. What the heck? <laughs> Where is this even coming from?
1: <laughs> it's going to be as crazy an episode as the topic of our discussion today, Elon Musk,
0: <laughs> dude. Elon Musk. Like, whatever is there to be said is never enough. But just to sort of kick this off, dude, did you see the stock prices soar? Both Elon Musk's and Tesla's. Of course, there's been a massive up and down swing in the stock prices in the US stock markets. But this is insane. He's he's now what the third richest person in out, the world? Out of nowhere, right? Yeah, he's leapfrogged like Zuckerberg and 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 our old famous legend Bill Gates and Warren Buffet. And would you have even thought that this is possible? Say even like three four years ago? I mean, no, it's insane.
1: No, if you're even to think about what he says on his Twitter or when he goes on these podcasts, you wouldn't ever believe that this human being is the third richest person today.
0: Yeah man I think I think it's a part of a bigger conspiracy a bigger act and let's uh, let's let's try to debunk or try to understand some of this at least definitely today, if if we can throw some light on it
1: Yeah there are so many aspects to his personality and his business side that we can go on and on for hours but I think a good place to start would be his journey in a nutshell
0: Okay, uh, I think that's a very good place to start. Well, as far as I know, he, he was born South African. He then did a bunch of things, but the thing he became famous for was, you know, he was the CEO of PayPal. He co-founded it with a bunch of people and, you know, there was a whole story about how it was another company and then he joined in and then it became something else. But, but long story short, PayPal is now... Probably the world's best-known non-banking payments platform. And yeah. and it's crazy. Like, the kind of reach that PayPal has is, is insane. And I think it did transform the digital uh, payment space phenomenally.
1: Yeah, and when did he start? Early 2000s?
0: Yeah, I think it was uh, around 1998. So, yeah, just when the whole dot-com bubble scene was happening and, uh, you know, we had Y2K coming up and those yeah. kind of things.
1: Um, and, yeah, what that tells us is that He was a pioneer even in that regard where he saw that 8 years, 10 years down the line, digital payments and e-commerce is what is going to really explode. So he was capitalizing
0: on that almost a decade, two decades earlier. Yeah, and to deep dive a little bit on what you just said, I think what PayPal did fantastic at that point of time was really integrate with eBay, which Mm. was like the big, the the only probably well-known e-commerce platform at that time. And like it really did well to sort of, uh, you know, channel all its payments through. And people realized that, okay, eBay is not really a trustworthy website because you have sellers from all over selling mm-hmm. things but what paypal does is give you that security and and i think this was one of the earlier um you know cyber security uh, creations as well so yeah. so i think it just like covered so many bases with with what seems like now a simple product exactly and i think uh, osho you also mentioned that he was a pioneer i think yeah. just to stick with that word i think that's what really brings what Musk does to the forefront. He's innovative. Like, love him, hate him, you know he's innovative. And he, to me, is one of the best at trend spotting. If you look at product design, right, basics of product design, you usually go and try to delve into, okay, what does a consumer need? You try to survey consumers. You try to understand, okay, uh, you know, this is what my product should tailor these are the needs that they want but he's good at spotting those unmet needs or those what you call latent needs that even the consumer doesn't know they want yet and he's able to spot them and really predict them and then create a great business plan around it I think that's what really makes a huge difference when it comes to Elon Musk what do you think
1: I agree in the sense that he's so quick to identify problems that exist in society and problems and loopholes that exist in the market. So today's startups, whenever they think about creating a new product, something which will create its own market or fulfill a need for a consumer, Elon Musk has that grand vision that he's demonstrated product after product after product. First, it was PayPal. Then it was Tesla when he understood that climate change is going to be Mm. something that the whole world and its energy needs are going to go towards. He said, okay, I'm going to build a top-class electric vehicle. Then he realized that mass mobility is also something which has not gone anywhere after the airplanes and all of that. So he's now looking at Hyperloop. He also, in his own cynical way, thinks that the world might not be a great place so he wants to colonize Mars, (laughs) I guess. Jury's out on all of these things but the fact that he's putting his money with his gut, with his instinct is something which is really, really noteworthy for Elon Musk.
0: Yeah, certainly, 100%, right? Like, you know that he takes all these like really insane, risky bets and sure enough, a lot of them do work like tesla seems to be working but yes some of them are mad outlandish like the one on one about the mars mission or even um where he wanted to send a submarine to rescue (laughs) these people stranded in one of these cave systems in thailand and then there was that whole fiasco that ensued like he is an eccentric guy to put it put it Likely. Yeah. Is what I'm gonna say here.
1: Yeah, I wonder what happened in his childhood that there's so much of a savior <laughs> complex that he's in holding inside him.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess we'll never know. Does he
1: have an autobiography? I'm not even sure. His life seems to be an open book where he just <laughs> tells us all of his thoughts as they come to him. Yeah. You know Trump called him a genius. Trump uh, said. Of course. Trump Trump said um, much like Thomas Edison and Tesla, we need to look after people like Elon
0: Musk. <laughs> Whenever Trump calls anyone a genius, I sit back and, and I really want to take stock of the whole situation. But I don't know. Yeah. Like from the outside, it seems like he might be onto something here for, for a change. Trump, Trump's got a point here, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but Niresh, what do you think about
1: his prospects going forward, Elon Musk's?
0: What do you mean by prospects? What, what what are you trying to say here?
1: How do you see his companies going forward from here? Do you think he's going to continue on this rise? Or is there something else in store? I,
0: I honestly don't know because unlike Musk, I do not claim to have <laughs> the ability to, you know, uh, uh, look into the future. But I'm just going to draw a couple of parallels here from my perspective where I think what he does is essentially what a good... You know, take a VC investment firm, Mm -hmm. right? That's what they seem to do. What they do is, they'll bet on, say, 100 companies. Mm -hmm. They know intrinsically from their experience, from what they've seen, that 90 90 to 95% of those bets are probably going to fail. But it's those 1% or 2% of those bets which really make the difference and make up for all those losses Mm -hmm. that really drive, you know, tesla stock higher yeah. his own compensation higher he yeah. is the best paid executive in the world right also if i were to look at an indian example to me it also seems like something that reliance seems to be doing mm-hmm. they're putting they're like an octopus right now putting yeah. their tentacles everywhere like what do you what what do you see from this like this is what it seems like to me i agree
1: i also think if tesla and hyperloop become more palatable to a larger market where it's not merely the top few who can afford hmm. to avail of those things, then I think there is some real promise. And I think going forward, if he achieves the kind of scale that he's probably going to achieve, those are things that will probably hold him good.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you've touched upon a super important point there. Like, to me, an indicator of the future, like, if I had to sort of make a prediction, would be that if Elon Musk, through his innovations, manages to distribute his technologies, his innovations, his services more equitably mm-hmm. across the earth, wherein everyone could be a recipient of that success, of that research, then maybe he's on to something and maybe then he is the, well... Thomas Alba, Edison <laughs> of our times and let's not get into that because that's also a little problematic but <laughs> yeah I mean maybe that's what will define him but, but, but his record in terms of helping
1: society is it that crystal clear as you know it appears to be with his bets
0: yeah and this is this is I think a part about Elon Musk that we really need to also address I think uh, I'm not saying that there isn't co- enough coverage on this But there are more than enough reports on the kind of work environments that go with Elon Musk, which, you know glorify the hustle culture glorify work abuse just a very simple illustration i remember reading one of his i think tweets or his you know quotes wherein you know he's he's unashamed about calling meetings at around midnight on a sunday at his factory because he's like we need to get the job done we need to create the future of the world so (laughs) there is no taking a break from it and that's where I think some lines need to be drawn.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember when the whole world was really scared about COVID 19 and these massive lockdowns were just starting. Elon Musk there and then said, forget it, I'm going to have my factories open, I'm going to keep running my factories.
0: Unbelievable. No matter, yeah,
1: no matter what the risk to my. Uh, to the to the people who work at
0: my place, right? I mean, yeah, he did that didn't he had absolutely forgotten about yeah, this. And yeah
1: there have been so many reports about people working fifteen, sixteen hours in those factories. so the wealth that he creates, I mean it's so much of their blood and tears as well so that's that's one thing, but I think another thing is that he's hypocritical in some senses about how he views redistribution, how he views, Government support and all of those things because he famously said that Karl Marx, the only thing he said was, "Give me that free."
0: Yeah, there's a there's an accompanying uh, accompanying uh, meme slash yeah. picture that he's put in with this tweet, which uh, we found <laughs> hilarious. So we're actually gonna drop in a link below, uh, and when you're checking out this link uh, again. Uh, Please don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe. As always, all we ask of you is send our, you know, channel to three people who've not heard our podcast before. And trust me, they're in for a great time. But while he is up to
1: all of these shenanigans, we know for a fact that he got a huge bailout. Almost half a billion dollars right after the 2008 crisis. Seriously? To save... Tesla.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: not just that, Neeraj. The thing is that because the whole world and governments around the world are looking to be more environment-friendly and encouraging enterprise Mm -hmm. that is more environment-friendly, Tesla avails of a lot of rebates, a lot of government benefits around, people say, $5 billion in order to, well, produce the kind of stuff that it produces. And look at how expensive Tesla
0: cars are it's not that tesla cars are ordinary early buyer cars right absolutely you've hit the nail on the head here because just linking to what you said and something we just discussed before like you create the most innovative products in the world right you create you know things that transform everything which tesla like granted is is an insane product right but who are you creating these products for? Are you creating them for that 1% of people on planet Earth? <laughs> then what's the point, right? Like, and, and, and you see this as some sort of a recurring pattern. Yeah. Aside from PayPal, almost all his products singularly target the rich, right? You have Tesla. You have Hyperloop, which in the beginning is essentially going to be a very, very expensive project, which no low to middle income country is going to be able to afford. Not like, at all. Even if they do, it's probably going to be on the back of several large scale debts, which again leads to a whole bunch of other problems, which I mean, I'm not going to get into. I mean, here in India, look at the bullet train, right? Look at how expensive
1: the bullet train is probably going to cost us. On top of that, if you're saying that we're going to bring a Hyperloop, I don't think that's going to be affordable to an Indian government or a Thai government or a South African government. You know, so I completely agree with you that he's not concerned about how the large population of the world is probably going to be receiving his stuff.
0: At the end of the day, scale. Yeah. You you build something that works in America. Sure, fine. You know that's that's great. That's great. You're still catering to the world's third most populous country, mm. which, very very importantly, has a massive, massive amount of income, right, yeah. compared to the rest of the world. Take an example of uh, to our listeners in Bombay, right, who yeah. know about the Bombay Walli Sea Link. Yeah that was an expensive project and yes one can argue that you know it's reduced traffic times and so on and so forth but they've definitely they're still in debt they've yeah. not made the money that they were supposed to they've really grossly miscalculated the amount of traffic it would reduce and and you know it's it's some might say it's, it's it looks great and all of that but it's caused irreparable damage to the environment as well so i mean do we need another of those like or do we need someone to sit down and roll up their sleeves and be like, you know what, we're going to create a solution that first targets these most you know, heavily affected areas and then it's easier to scale in a richer place, right? It's always
1: easier to go richer. Yeah, and slightly linking this to Elon Musk's personality himself, I mean, I don't quite know if that's something which is part of his thought process at all because look... I mean at one point randomly he said my stock prices are too high and then the, <laughs> and then and then and, <laughs> the, and then the Tesla stock fell but recently when his Tesla stock rose I don't hear him talk about his stock price being high when he's becoming the third richest person in the world by selling really super expensive cars right that's why I'm thinking that Elon Musk is probably a very very Grey character Mm. In today's folklore at least
0: So well put Osho I think um, as we're moving Towards ending this episode I think it's important for us To just sort of sum it up and see What our key takeaways are here Since we've spoken about a bunch Of things regarding Musk right We've, Mm -hmm. We've talked about you know his good sides His bad sides and so on To me I think the most Important takeaway here is for all those, you know, future CEOs and entrepreneurs out there. And we believe that everyone listening to this podcast has their potential to maximize and do whatever they want to do, right? It's important to take a pause and think how the rich get rich and not just blindly follow in someone else's shoes, right? And what's interesting is that this works in two ways for Musk. Because there are very few people who have managed to innovate like he has. But the question to ask here is, all innovation good or necessary? And in keep keeping in mind specifically the world we live in today, is innovation that is non-inclusive innovation at all? I couldn't have put it better, Neeraj. And I think what I want to
1: simply stress on is that there's a narrative around Elon Musk. There's Elon Musk, the person, and there's Elon Musk, the business person, and those somehow operate in two different silos. There's one person who's given the world so many innovations, so to speak, and then there's the fool on Twitter, the fool on the Joe Rogan podcast, who says a lot of strange and weird things, smokes weed in public, which affects his stock prices as well. So, My question here and the worry and the wonder that I have is that what is it about this dissonance? What is it that explains this kind of disjunct understanding of Elon Musk? Because I think in a large part it's a lot to do with him building a brand. He's not a simple businessman who wears a suit, goes to office, looks at annual reports and makes his investment and takes money home. I think Elon Musk wants to be larger than his enterprises and <laughs> he's also eliminated his entire Tesla PR team, right? Like Entirely, yeah. entirely. Elon Musk says one thing and that becomes viral. I think that kind of cult of personality, that kind of following, that kind of... um. Admiration that he has generated in so many people is something that we necessarily need to scrutinize. How is it that he's doing all of this? What does it have to do with his businesses? And what does it have to do with the kind of effects that his businesses have on the people who are part of it and the larger world?
0: Additionally, I think anyone who wants to be like a big CEO or something needs to realize that. You know, cultivating a brand image is not necessarily just like, you know, the the magazines you appear in. The kind of this thing, you know, the cover shoots you do and those kind of things. It's also sometimes just, you know, tweeting out really random stuff. But somehow that leads to your stock pricing, stock prices really soaring. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's a connect with the Gen Z thing, but it just sort of works. It's about the fact that he's trying to be cool. <laughs> while at the same
1: time while at the same time making products and standing for something that appears to be cool I mean electric vehicles how can you not think that that's cool? yeah um,
0: going to space hell that's cool it's basically like what every kid is at five years old except this kid has the wealth <laughs> the intent as well as well the knowledge and the talent to actually do so <laughs> okay guys so on that amazing note let's end today's episode.
1: Thank you so much for listening.
0: See you.